The Steelers Blitz with Wesley Euler and Arthur Motes on your 24-7 home of the black and gold, SNR. Final segment here on a Monday inside the Electric Factory. It's the Steelers Blitz. Wesley Euler with you flying solo here behind the microphone, but I always got you guys on the tweets with me. We will get to all of your questions, comments, concerns, reactions here in just a minute. One more solicitation for those, right? You want to get involved with the show on Twitter at Wesley Euler is where you can get at me, where you can chime in and get involved. We're going to get to those tweets in just a minute, but first, one more thing to play for you here, and that is Charlie Batch on the DVE Morning Show. You guys know I, um, I'm a big fan of the DVE Morning Show. They get some great Steelers guests. I love listening to Charlie, to Gene Steratore, to Cam Hayward, to, to all the great guests that they get. Dave Damashek throughout the Steelers season. Charlie Batch was on on Friday. No, pardon me. Charlie Batch was on this morning, if I could uh, only read a calendar here. Charlie Batch was on this morning uh, lending his thoughts to everything going on with the Steelers, what happened on Thursday night, the outlook in the division. Uh, Here's what the former quarterback had to say. Joining us now, Charlie Batch, brought to us by your neighborhood Ford Stores. Good morning, Charlie. How are you? I'm doing well. Good morning to you. Good morning. Good morning. So uh, those comments after the game against the Vikings, uh, Chase Claypool and Ben Roethlisberger, how how do you handle that situation as a quarterback? You know, the situation yeah, I mean, with Clay, with uh, Chase. Yeah, I mean, before the before a two-minute drive, you always remind every all the players in the huddle, no sacks, no penalties, and get out of bounds. Those are the three things that you stress. And as Ben mentioned, listen, he only can control what goes on on the field and those other antics that are happening. Obviously, it's out of his control because it's not something that has just started. We've seen this over time. So when he's like, listen, Mike Tomlin needs to address it, and obviously it's still not being met, and you're seeing what happened at the end of the game with Chase Claypool, and those are really concerns that you have to worry about at this point. So that's the line of demarcation, Charlie. It's, it's, it's more behavior than anything else because Mike played last week he talked to his O-linemen and Bend said, it. hey, guys, you know, there's no moral victories here. He went over and, and built Pat Fryermuth up, who was killing himself about uh, the drop that he had in the end zone at the end of the game. Is that is that where the, the, the line is? Basically, once it crosses over into behavior, that's a coach thing? Yeah, it is. And I think when you look back, I mean, this is a classic example of a young player having a chance to think about it when he walked from the from the field to the locker room before he was going to say what he was going to say in the media, but failed to realize, wait a minute, there's 20 cameras that are looking at views that you fail to forget. And at that point, it's not adding up to what he was saying. So, yes, there is frustration when it comes to that particular perspective, and it just baffles me that when you're in that situation, you take a player who is going to individualize himself versus a team concept, and it just frustrated because we never know how it's going to play out. Yes, Firemuth is beating himself up, but it could have potentially led to a one or two possible more plays. Charlie, if you're Claypool, you got to notice you're getting crushed. Uh, does that give you pause, or am I putting you in a bad spot trying to get in Chase Claypool's head? Well, I mean, I've, I've always warned players. I say you got to be careful with social media because once you start allowing fans to enter into that particular space and they're seeing how much you're active on social media, yeah, you, it's easy when you, when it's all going good and you want the praise and the love that's being showed. But you also, on the flip side, you got to endure that. And this is what comes with social media. So now, yeah, he probably will be dorming on social media for a while, as he should be, probably for the rest of the year if I'm him. <laughs> but it's just one of those things that players, all players are going through this. And if you're a lot more involved on social media, you just have to be a, this is a learning lesson for everybody.
Charlie, talk about Big Ben's performance in Minnesota, especially in the second half. I mean, he was throwing darts all over the field, pinpoint accuracy. How impressive was that, considering the fact that his line almost got him killed in the first half? Yeah, and I, and I tweeted out in the first half. I said, man, there's no absolutely no way that Mike Tomlin would keep him in his game in the manner that he was getting punished. And, of course, you know, it flipped in the second half. But, man, it's just frustrating. And all year I've been talking about it's not a 100% Ben's fault as far as what's going on on this particular team. But as a quarterback, you get the praise when it's going well and, then when, and you get the uh, – the, the negative side of it whenever it's not going well. So these are things that you just have to endure. But, man, Ben is playing phenomenal. And that, what he did in that second half, once he started to become protected, this is what we're capable of seeing. And, and it's just unfortunate that, you know, the season is kind of unfolding and, you know, now we're talking about whether he's going to be here or not. But based off what you saw right there, that lets you know he still has it. I mean, aside from not being able to block anybody, isn't it, offensive line 101 that if you get the quarterback blown up you got to go back and help him up why weren't those guys helping him scrape ben off the the carpet after he got crushed yeah and this has been going on all year and i'm just like looking at this i'm like man if i know that i mean deep down if it's my fault i'm gonna help you up and say you want to know what (laughs) that's not going to happen again but these guys are literally just walking to the sideline pissed off and look again forgetting that ben is laying on 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 the field and it just bothered me from that perspective. Yes, they are young, but also you have to protect this guy. When you go back and see still images that people are tweeting on, on social media now after the game and you're watching three people on one person, two people arguing with each other while Ben is still laying on the ground, that right there, that lets you know that formula is not acceptable at this point. And I know for a fact that they're getting ripped behind the scenes by their offensive line coach, Adrian Clem, letting you know, listen, this needs to be done better. Charlie, the Steelers seem to be two different teams this year, even within games. They come out flat, Mm -hmm. first half, terrible, and then they start lighting it up in the second half. How did they play that game the whole game? What what needs to happen? Yeah, I mean, I think right now they just need to figure out a way to get that fast tempo earlier in the game, and that starts with no huddle, and I've been harping on that through the year. But when you get to the point of being down, you're left with, the game plan is out the door. Now it's like, okay, we got to do whatever we can to get back into this game. And you're seeing how successful they are when they're pressing the tempo. That just comes down to the fact of, okay, what are they now going to figure out over the next four weeks to say, okay, in order for us to get to the playoffs and where we're hoping to get to, we have to now change it up because whatever's been working at this point has not been done consistently. So if that's a change of pace, I think they need to continue that early in their game. Charlie, getting back to those sacks, it wasn't as if Minnesota was just overwhelming them with numbers, you know, seven guys blitzing against <laughs> right. five blockers. They, they were not, they weren't getting a hat on a hat. What's Who's responsible for sliding the protection or making sure that everybody knows who they're, is that the center? Uh, does the quarterback play into that at all? What's the pre-snap process when, when Ben's looking at uh, where the Vikings are lining up and kind of guessing where the rush is going to come from? How do you deal with that? Yeah, they're, they're, one thing you're not going to do is confuse Ben. So that's why you're not seeing all-out zero coverage because Ben is going to crush you with that. They're right, right now, what they're doing is trying to confuse Kendrick Green in the middle because of that communication, figure, okay, do I do this, do I not? If I'm, if I'm uh, setting to the left, we're bringing a blitz to the right. And with that split second of hesitancy, what you're seeing right now, especially on the road when you can't get off on the same snap count, that's where teams are becoming dominant. And that's what you saw by the Vikings in that, in that uh, dome. And that's just going to be something that's going to be continuously happening because they have two more games 
on the road. And trust me, if they don't fix these problems, they're going to continue to see those blitzes up front. And it has nothing to do with Ben Roethlisberger, if he's seen it all. It's directly related to Kendrick Green in the middle. So was that in the second half, was that him just getting better? Or did the Vikings go more vanilla? What did, what did you see pass rush-wise? While the yeah, I mean, once once they got their lead, they kind of started to go in a little bit of vanilla and not as much pressure until they got into those third and long situations. So those are things that, yeah, you can credit the Steelers for, for you know fixing the problem, but also that Vikings helped in that manner too by laying off in that particular perspective. And not only on the defensive side of the ball, they you know they took it easy on the offensive side as well, and not allowed the Steelers to get back into the game. So where do they go from here, Charlie? I mean, Tennessee at home, obviously, but you know, you've had a lot of time to sit with this stinker. What, what, what are you expecting from them on Sunday? Yeah, I mean, well, we, know, we know for sure the Titans are going to run the ball. They, they're very stout on defense, and it just kind of bothers me. <laughs> you know, I'm looking at everything, and we got four weeks in the season. I'm just so used to, at this point in the season over the years, it's like, okay, well, we're pretty much going to lock up the number one seed. Mm-hmm. Will Ben play in the last week of the season? Will he not? Are we going to see the backups? Like now, the conversation is completely shifted to the fact that we need these four games oh, yeah. just to get into the playoffs. And I said, like, that's, that's really, you know, we have to get used to that as Steeler fans. But also right now, Tennessee is going to be tough. You know, head coach Mike Brayboy and his mentality and what he brings to this team. It's going to be interesting because it gives us the opportunity with these storylines to say, hmm, Ola Daney's on the other side. Hmm, Bud Dupree could possibly be coming back this week. Oh, what about the following week? Melvin Ingram's playing for the Chiefs. So it allows us that storyline. But ultimately, when you look at what's happening right now, the Steelers, they know they have lost the last game that they could possibly lose on this schedule if they have any hopes of making it to the playoffs. Right now, I think, that if I'm not mistaken, Mike, they may be around 11th um, uh, seed. And they have to win out. There is no ifs, ands, or buts about it to assure them. You don't want to have to go into Week 17 with help. I think three can get them there, but that's a suspicion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. I think, and I, and I think ultimately, Baltimore, you see how every... Baltimore might be done winning. Yeah, and that's true. But again, it's Week 17. If they're out of it, trust me, when you get to Week 17, there's no better feeling if you know you're out of the playoff to say, listen, if we're living in our misery, we're going to take them with us. So they can get out of the season. So they don't want to get into that position. I promise you that. Just like we saw a couple years ago when the Steelers were all, they won their game at Hinesfield, and all of a sudden they were looking at the Jumbotron because uh, I think it was Cleveland needed to beat Baltimore yeah. or vice versa. It was something like that. You don't yeah. want to be in that situation. You want to control your own destiny. The Steelers have an opportunity to do so, but it starts with the first week here. But it, like I mentioned, they need. I, I just think personally they need to win out to gain, gain that momentum if any hopes. So when they do get to the playoffs, or if they do, that at least they're able to at least win one of them and not just be a one and done. Charlie, what do you have going on with the Batch Foundation? I know you guys always do a lot around the holidays. Yes, we're super excited this holiday season. We actually, uh, with our holiday drive at Best of the Batch Foundation, we've adopted 161 families this year. So we're looking to collect 8,000 unwrapped toys. That is equivalent to over 700 kids this holiday season. So, man, we still need uh, help. And if you want to help in any way, please, by all means, go to batchfoundation.org. You can see all of our drop-off locations around the city. You can actually click and ship on our site. And, man, we really need help. So Santa, we need Santa's helpers to help us in a big way because we have a gap, especially between that 11- and 18-year-old age bracket. So if you can help in any way, please, we would love your support. Again, that's BatchFoundation.org. Very good. Thanks Great so stuff, much, Charlie. Charlie. We'll talk to you next week. I appreciate it. Thank you. Happy Charlie Batch, great stuff from him as always. Great at breaking down the Stillers football. Great at serving the community. Make sure you're checking out Batch Foundation there as well, too. Chuck doing some some great stuff over Christmas, as he always does. Great conversation there.
with Pursuta and Val and all Billy Crawford on the DVE Morning Show. Thanks to uh, producer extraordinaire Joe Rokicki for procuring that audio. As always, it's the Steelers Blitz here on SNR. Got about, what, uh, quick math, about 15 minutes left on the show. So why don't we wrap this thing up as we always do on the Twitter.com at Wesley Euler is where you get involved with your questions, your comments, your concerns, and your reaction. Steelers Man 7 says, Good afternoon, Wes. Hope your weekend was great. It was, Steelers Man. Thank you. Hopefully for you as well, too. He has a question, a comment, and a concern here, does Steelers Man 7. Question is, concerning Claypool's status, how likely will he turn his case around these last four games? I Listen, man, he's got all the talent in the world. We saw him go up and get that football at the end of the game against the Vikings, right? I mean, that's never been the question. You got to be engaged between the ears, and you got to clean up the just the dumb stuff, the taunting penalties, the lack of situational awareness. Fifty-fifty. Wouldn't surprise me if he does. But man, no better time than now. The comment from Steeler Man 7 is we can win the North. The concern is, though, relying on other teams again to get to the playoffs. Yeah, it, it, it's unfortunate. It it really is. You know, last year maybe we, we took that for granted a little bit as it was more comfortable uh, coming down the stretch for the Steelers. But, yeah, I man, I don't know. It's tough for this team to win the North. To, to win the division, I think they have to go 4-0. Because they would get to beat the Browns, they would get to beat the Ravens, that would certainly help. But it's just, man, that that Lions game and that Vikings game are sticking in my crawl, if you will. Steel City Champs tweets me and says, I can't start the week without listening to the best show, normally the best duo with Arthur Motes, on the radio waves. But I only have one question. Do we know what the Steelers' identity is right now? (laughs) It's changed a lot, hasn't it? I mean, early on in the year, they were a team that needed to play low-scoring games. The defense lead the way. You get positive contributions from special teams. Then it felt like for for a couple weeks there, the offensive line was getting better. You were starting to run the ball with Naj. You were starting to get Pat Fryermuth more involved. There was some big plays with Deontay Johnson. The Steelers' identity right now, though, Steel City Champs, is, I mean, Ben Roethlisberger. If he can't be Houdini and draw it up in the dirt and kind of, you know, get the offense going, yeesh. Because the defense is so banged up right now, it's it's tough to ask them to be the identity of this team, you know, with no Joe Hayden, with a banged up TJ Watt, with uh, no Alu-Alu into it. And, you know, again, when when you're asking these type of questions in December, that's... You know, that's why you're six, six, and one. That's why your average is because you're still trying to find the answers to some of these things. Rod Dalla tweets. It says, after the long weekend, it's had time to think. I've come to the conclusion that Ben is not the problem. Yeah. But listen, again, we always like to make these things seem like they're very black and white. There is always gray area. There is always a middle ground. Ben Roethlisberger has not been an all pro this season. But he has certainly not been the problem for the Pittsburgh Steelers. He has done enough for this team to have won more games. You obviously look back at the Lions game now and you think, man, if Ben plays there, the Steelers probably win that one. You're 7-6. and six. You're only a game behind the Ravens. It's a different conversation. But that tie is, is looming large right now. 
At least to me it is. I'm guess, I guess you could pick another game, but that's the one I'm going with when it's the team that's only won one game all season. Ben, ben is not um, you know, in his absolute prime and, and has the ability to just put the team on his back at moments and, and cover up a ton of blemishes, but he is certainly not the problem. He has done, I think, admirably. He has done, I think, all that we can expect within reason. The offensive line hasn't helped. At times, his wide receivers hasn't, haven't helped, and the inconsistency of the defense um, certainly hasn't helped as well. But, Rod, yeah, no. Like I said, I think we'd all be lying if we said that Ben was playing at an all-pro level, but we also should all know by now that he is certainly not the problem, and he absolutely gives this team uh, the best chance to win games of, of any other quarterback on the roster. We don't even need to entertain that conversation. Steelers Nation, 920, says, uh, another Chase Claypool question. Do you feel Claypool is going to adjust his behavior? If you could reclaim any gift, uh, Christmas gift from your childhood, what would it be and why? What's your favorite Christmas tradition? Kirk cashed in his 50% off pass rush coupon before the game. We had no Watt, no Highsmith to injury as well. Yeah, banged up Steelers defense. Kirk coupons uh, certainly... Got some favorable outcomes there. All right, let's start at the top here, 920. How do you feel Claypool is going to adjust his behavior? He better. I mean, look. I think in a way, some of us were a little surprised when the Steelers drafted Chase Claypool, right? Not because we doubted Chase Claypool. That's not what I mean by this. Just in terms of needs. You know, he was your first selection that year, right? Because you had traded your first-round draft pick for Minka Fitzpatrick. He was your first selection. You had to wait until the second round. And it wasn't that the Steelers couldn't use another wide receiver, but I think a lot of us thought maybe you go O-line there, maybe you go running back there at the time, right? Because Naj still wasn't on the roster. Maybe you go defense like the Steelers always like to do. You can always beef up on defense. Maybe it was, you know, getting to be time to try and find some, you know, the next Javon Hargrave and and guys like that. Uh, But they went with Chase Claypool when they already had Juju, when they already had James Washington, you know, when they had talent at the wide receiver position. Chase Claypool certainly, I think, backed that decision up his rookie year when he went out and scored like a billion touchdowns in the first half of the season. But he has to adjust his behavior or the Steelers are going to go shopping again. Don't think that they won't James Washington him. Don't think that they won't bury him on the depth chart. I don't think they're going to get rid of him. He's on his rookie deal and he's a second-round pick. You're not paying him a ton of money. You don't have a, a lot of your salary cap tied to that guy. But if he doesn't adjust his behavior... If he doesn't start producing more on the field as well, too, with that, Steelers are going to go shopping. They're going to either replace him in the draft or they're going to replace him in free agency. They're not just going to sit by and, and you know do that definition of insanity thing because we know that that's not the case. If I could reclaim any Christmas gift from my childhood, what and why? Well, see, like I wouldn't say Nintendo 64 because I still have the Nintendo 64. Man, that's a good question. Um, you know what? I got a I got a uh, like a dual like air hockey table ping pong table when I was in sixth or seventh grade. I wish I could have that back right now. It'd be good for you know hosting parties. You got the ping pong table. You got the air hockey table. That's my answer. I had a I had a dual you know a two in one ping pong air hockey table when I was a kid. And I'd like to bring that back right about now. That would that would go well in my man cave. And favorite Christmas tradition. Oh, man, there's so many. The movies, cutting down. I'll probably go with cutting down a Christmas tree. You know, I'm, I come from a a real tree family. My my family doesn't like to do fake trees. 
we we always go cut down trees. That's a tough one to beat. My wife and I, we used to as well too. I don't know how this is going to work now with with a daughter and you know with now that we're we're parents. Uh, but my wife and I, for the first five years of our marriage, we would always get up on Christmas, make brunch, and watch Goodfellas. I don't know. It became our tradition. We'll see if we can keep that one going this year. But yeah, favorite Christmas tradition in general. I mean, I, I love the movies. I love a lot of the cooking and the and the desserts and the candy that comes with it. Uh, but cutting down a tree is is tough to beat. Still, still a lot of fun. May tweets me and says, I really want to believe with all my heart that the Steelers can still make the playoffs, but the rational part of me thinks otherwise. This team doesn't seem uh, to have the fight or the heart to get there this season, to get that seventh Lombardi, especially. Ben deserves more than this, especially if this is his last season. That said, I'm still hoping against hope the Steelers can pull themselves together and start trending in the right direction. Probably not going to happen this year, though. Their skid down the stretch is brutal. Win or lose, I will always bleed black and gold. Yeah, it's listen. Like I said, it's in 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 the in the grand scheme of things, in the big picture, we're not seeking any comfort in this regard. But I do think that there's still a way to have a happy ending to the season with Ben Roethlisberger's career. When we all think that this is probably his last four games in the black and gold, you got the Titans at home, you go Chiefs on the road, and then you close, you know, home and away with the with the Ravens on the road, and then and then the Browns at home. Go beat Patrick Mahomes, go beat two divisional foes, finish on a strong note, and and while it might not be what we all wanted, that would still be a, a nice way to send Ben Roethlisberger out. It's sweep the Ravens and sweep the Browns in his last season. It sounds good to me. High IQ tweets us. High IQ, you, you first time around these parts? Welcome to the party, pal. Says, I think we can thank AB for showing Juju to care more about his brand than football, who in turn showed Claypool to care more about his brand than football. That first down celebration was a direct result of caring about your brand more than your team. I would be careful, high IQ. I mean, I I don't know if Antonio Brown deserves blame for those type of things. It certainly feels like something that, you know, in the wide receiver room has needed nipped in the bud for a long time. I agree with you on that. But A.B., Juju, Claypool, they're far from the only guys that, you know, seem to really care about the branding. But, you know, that's that's the thing, too. Your brand only goes as far as, as you are, you know, talented on the football field. Let's make no mistake about that either. Like it's, I think that's part of the reason why everyone, you know, we, we like to dunk on Baker Mayfield so much in this town, and not just Steelers fans, honestly, a lot of football fans, because he's always doing the branding thing, too. You know who's always doing the branding thing? Tom Brady. But nobody dunks on him because he's won 57 Super Bowls and, and, and 5 million playoff games. So you can do the branding thing, just, yeah. Don't be getting dumb taunting penalties out there. Don't be wasting time at the end of the game in a crucial scenario, because then people will kind of, you know, jump down your throat for it, attack you a little bit for it. But Tom Brady, Tom Brady's got his own podcast. He's got his own show. He's on social media all the time. He's got all the TB12 propaganda. All right. Nobody cares more about their brand than Tom Brady. He just wins, so it doesn't matter. So let's not, you know, convolute those two things either. Francis tweets us and says, uh, Talking about Ben John plays up in the dirt. Does the fact that the Steelers have been trailing and the opposing defense could play more relaxed have any effect on why it might be more successful later in games? Yes, absolutely. Let's not kid ourselves on that either. That's part of the reason why you don't see the Steelers, you don't see Ben come right out and do that right away. It's much easier when the defense is playing that prevent style. Um, that's just the reality of the situation. 
it's it's you know I think it's also easier to do if you've got some things established in the offense first, like maybe Najee Harris getting some consistent carries, which they haven't been able to do uh, because of the way that they have fallen behind so often in these games early as well. Let's get to a last couple tweets here as we start to wrap this thing up. Uh, Zach tweets, it says, uh, Zach tweets and says, it seems like TJ has always uh, been tweaking something this season, like his knee or his groin. Do you think he's trying too hard to return from injury, or maybe he's just banged up because of all the double teams he's faced? It's a combination of all those things, Zach. You know, he plays a physical, aggressive, violent style of football. He takes on a lot of double teams. He is a guy who always wants to be out there giving maximum effort. You never know how much the, you know, the lack of typical training camp plays into this. I always kind of go back and forth with that excuse. I think it's easy, you know, when a guy holds out or holds in or whatever you want to call it that TJ did this summer and then he ends up getting banged up. You could say, ah, see, see, it's because he didn't have enough work in the offseason. Told you that can just be low-hanging fruit, too. Sometimes there's no rhyme or reason to this stuff, but yeah, TJ he plays a he plays a very physical, very violent style of football. Does take a lot of double teams. Is trying to be out there as much as he can. All those things definitely contribute. Hotbox tweets me, "Geez, we got a lot of newbies today. I don't think we've ever seen Hotbox before." Welcome to the party, pal. Hotbox, what do you think about these Steelers going forward? Well, my goodness, buddy. I mean, I'm going to need like a half an hour. You mean going forward these this next week in the next four weeks? You mean? Like the franchise going forward in general? That's a pretty open question there, partner. So let me answer all those very quickly. Uh, in the next week, going forward, better show some pride against Tennessee. Better respond at home against a Titans team that's not going to have Derrick Henry as well, too. Rest of the season, ah, it's looking bleak. Going forward, hey, it's the National Football League. I think a lot of Steelers fans are probably sitting there thinking right now, like, oh my goodness, we got to replace the quarterback, and we got to revamp the offensive line, and we got some holes on the defense. And, you can always turn things around really quick in the NFL. You know, one you hit on you hit on a couple draft picks, you sign one or two good free agents, it can be turned around much quicker than easier. So there's my synopsis of all of those different scenarios in a way too quick broad brush fashion. Irie tweets and says, "Do you agree with Ben's comments on Clay, Chase Claypool, a coach's job to address that stuff? Some of the things these young guys do now have me saying back in my day way too often and I'm only 30. So I get that I'm not young, but I'm also not old." The selfish culture of the NFL today makes me sick. It's to be fair, Irie, it's not just the NFL. Again, it's a new, it's a new generation of athletes. Branding matters. That selfishness, you know, it, it is part of it in a way. You know, I'm only 30 years old as well, too, and I sometimes feel like I am being that old guy screaming, get off my lawn. But in terms of Ben's comments on Chase Claypool, a coach's job to address that, like, you know what? I'm glad you asked that. Because I haven't said this yet since Thursday. Does it have to be somebody's job to address that stuff with Chase Claypool? Does he need Ben Roethlisberger to pull him aside? Does he need Mike Tomlin or Matt Canada or whoever to pull him aside? He's a grown man. It's his second year in the NFL. He's a professional athlete. Chase Claypool shouldn't need his quarterback or his head coach to tell him, hey, you can't be taking these dumb, taunting, or retaliation penalties as often as you have been. Hey, Chase, you can't be flexing for a first down when we're trying to get to the line of scrimmage and spike the football to stop the clock. Does Ben really need to tell him that? Does Tomlin really need to grab him by the gruff of his neck? He's a grown man who's being compensated very highly to play in the National Football League. He's not a rookie, and even if he was... 
Some things I don't think a coach or a quarterback or a leader needs to tell you. You should just be smart enough. Chase Claypool knows that that crap isn't acceptable. He doesn't need Seven. He doesn't need Tomlin. He doesn't need Mr. Rooney or Kevin Colbert or Cam Hayward or Matt Canada or the ghost of Myron Cope to grab him by the scruff of the neck and tell him what to do. He needs to know that. He's been playing football his whole life. I think sometimes, too, it's that's like an excuse. Oh, well, did Tomlin not do enough? Did Ben not do enough? Where's the leadership? Man, frick the leadership. <laughs> like, it, it's, it's football 101. Uh, sometimes I don't think you always need your hand held in that regard. And I'm not, like, attacking you, Irie. I'm just, I've been meaning to say this since Thursday, and I had forgotten. It's not anybody's job to address it. It's Chase Claypool's job to be a mature, grown adult athlete who wants to stay in the National Football League for a long time. <sighs> you know, not to get fired up here at the end of the show. Yinzer Steve says, with Witherspoon playing well, Hayden possibly being back, would you start those two on the outside and move Sutton back to the slot? Yes, absolutely. If possible, 100%. And he says, is it just me or has the AFC North been especially sloppy and inconsistent? No, it's not just you. It certainly has been. (laughs) And he says, hoping the Steelers step up and get into the playoffs. That being said, I'm not sure any AFC North team will do well in the playoffs. What say you? Annie, I think you are correct. Although you look around the rest of the AFC, the Chiefs are starting to play really good football. The Patriots are ornery again. But I don't think there's anyone who scares you to death. Uh, The the, the Chiefs, um, but they're not in the AFC North, obviously. Wallace tweets me, and says, got to watch Die Hard on Christmas Eve. <laughs> Obviously, Wallace. Come on, baby. Die Hard on Christmas Eve. Planes, trains, and automobiles on Thanksgiving Eve. So it is written. So it shall be done. Irie tweets me. It says, I feel you on that take. Just wanted to see what you thought. Like, again, Chase Claypool. Second year in the league. Professional athlete. Grown man. Millionaire. You didn't need somebody to grab him by his neck and slap him across the face and tell him, Chase, you can't be taking dumb penalties. You can't be wasting time. He he needs to know that. And if he doesn't, if he needs his coach or his quarterback to do that for him, well, he probably won't have a very lengthy career in the National Football League in the first place. A lot of fun today, as always. Appreciate the heck out of you guys for uh, you know for tweeting me, for chiming in with the show all the time, but especially when I'm riding solo. Reminder, no show tomorrow. It is Mike Tomlin Press Conference Tuesday as we are back to a regular week, but Moats and I will be back on Wednesday and the rest of the week to, um, to get you ready for the Titans. And so we'll talk to you on Wednesday. You know where to find us. As always, it's on high noon on your 20... 20- it's at high noon, I should say, on your 24-7, home of the black and gold, Steelers Nation Radio.